James, you beautiful, glorious motherfucker, <laughs> making a revolution in sustainability. Head of NutriCare, tell me why you give a fuck. <laughs> why do I give a fuck? Um, <laughs> Sorry, that's a super broad question. <laughs> you, are, you are all capable. You're putting out sustainable products on the market. Give us an example of your favorite one currently and why you think it's going to change the way we behave with our environment. Um, it's a combination, uh, Jez. It's, it, for me, it's, we, we started with a problem-solving uh, product with Patch um, and trying to solve a problem for my son. That's where it all began. Uh, he had a reaction to a wound care product and uh, me as a father tearing his skin off, taking this product off his skin, cut me deep. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, it, it's, uh, if you ever hurt someone close to you, especially blood, it, um, it's enough drive to, to do anything in the world. Um, but I think what we're finding now from developing Patch is that this little product that we've created is helping kids get out and get off their iPads and go out and live life. It's fixing problems for people who can't wear other products on the market. Um, and it's just, it's a feel good business. It's mm. uh, for me, it's not really a business. It's it's really a mission of where we want to go and what we want to do. Mm. And the byproduct from all of that is literally creating products that we're actually caring for the consumer and caring for the environment with NutriCare mm. on a level that um, it uh, ultimately what I want to do is remove plastic. I want to remove all these toxins. I want to remove everything with what we do with NutriCare moving forward and actually have a platform to benchmark new products into massive categories um, and shake them up mm. because no one's actually thinking deep on, on these issues. No. Plastic's the worst enemy of, of my life. Um, I don't want to see it in, you know, it's in everything, even even the most natural and organic products that you buy off the shelf in organic stores right now, guess what? They're wrapped in plastic. Motherfuckers. You know, you've got, you've got black rice wrapped in plastic. You've <laughs> yeah, got, true. Everything's there when we can actually think about ways of doing things differently mm. and, and shape-shift the marketplace. So mm. ultimately, it, ultimately we want to we want to build one but many, many products under our suite of, uh, of NutriCare that we can actually take and fix a problem on an environmental level. Um, but it's also to beyond that is how we farm it and how we make the products is my concern as well mm. and taking it beyond organics. Mm. So back to the way we soil turn, back to the way we actually produce the raw material to get it to the final product as well. So you're kind of changing the whole system of product creation in a lot of ways. And, and it's, it's very spiritual to me because it's like in harmony with, your, with, with yourself, with your environment. That you're, and I feel like once you operate in that harmony, it's an intelligent area to step into. Because if you can create harmony with your environment, we, our species will go on longer. 100%. As a basic, as a basic first tick box. No, number one tick box. If you enjoy what you're doing and it feels good, why wouldn't you do it? Yeah. So anything that makes you feel the emotion behind what's what's going on. If someone makes a uh, a purchase of of, uh, of an item or um, something that immediately has an impact on what their daily life is. So if you have, like, say for example, you bought some food and it made you feel good. What are you going to do? You're going to go back and buy that food. Mm-hmm. If you if you buy a product that actually feels good to yourself or the environment, and actually if we can be conscious about what we do produce and how we how we how we manufacture these things, um, it's a it's a it's a very very it's a it's an evolving se- segment, and it will keep on evolving as we mm-hmm. grow, and and people will love it even further. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the the embracement behind the the whole 
um, sustainability side of things is one one aspect, but it's also how you dispose of things. It might be great you buying organic certified products and everything else in the market space, but if you can't dispose of that product properly and in the right way, guess what? Mm. You've got shit in the ocean. You've mm. got crap mm. in the wall, in the soil. No one cares about it. if you farm something. You take all the water out of an out of a zone, or or pump bottled water out of a out of a spring, and you leave the leave the land with no water to to survive. What's that going to do? Yeah. And and ultimately, for me, is about one. We've got a, an awesome product. It's working really really well. But if I don't farm that well, and I don't make that product from the start to the finish in the right format. What am I doing? I'm just basically going to become another, another multi that basically keeps on doing that sort of thing. So for my side, it's all about even back to the soil turn and how do we how do we produce the product? Beautiful, because I think that's the thing. There's two components here. It's like it's the education is a huge component of educating people on the the process, so to be conscious about where their products come from and where they're going to. Hmm. And then there's the whole thing of the actual products. Like, I feel like it should just be a baseline segment in school where kids get taught the cause and effect of their footprint, of yeah. what their, their clothes... Because it's not... Even if, like, for example, recyclable or, like, compostable cups, they still take energy to produce. Mm. So that's taking... Like, that's, that's still fucking up the environment. Yep. But if you've got a one, one-off production, like, of a, one mug that you can reuse and reuse and reuse, yep. there's only one production cost or effect... Yeah, in and, that, and also too, in, in something like making a, a one-off mug, that's you can actually in, engage with labour. You can actually get people to make that product. Um, it's not a process to, to produce it. It's all, I mean, everything's a process, but mm. it's it's something that it can be made with a bit of love behind it. Mm. Um, and you you look at all these um, uh, poverty-stricken countries and all that sort of thing. And unfortunately, the corruption's the biggest thing that draws out of that. And and corporations and corruption go hand in hand. But if you've got Beautiful. An aspect to Beautiful. try and <laughs> heartwarming. <laughs> um, it, it's ultimately we're trying to trying to build a, a different style of corporation. In my mind, we're trying to be proactive with our thought process from the beginning. There's a lot of companies right now that they're panicking because they don't know what to do with this environmental discussion and how to how to fix it and how to, how do they make it work for them. Right. So they're, they're in they're in a uh, reactive mode right now, and that's greenwashing. Like yeah, there's a lot like of greenwashing heaps, too, heaps right? Of it, right? So we're 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 agile and we're fresh and we're young, but we've we've thought about it from the we've basically planted the seed and we're watching it grow at the moment. We're watching the way that we do things and how we how we dispose of things. Like as a brand, I can't control what you or what anybody does with our product when they're finished with it you sure as I'll try throw me fucking patches every opportunity (laughs) but but as far as people can't people can't well I can't control what you do I'm joking I'm joking I can't control what you're going to do what you're going to do with it exactly if I can make sure that whatever you do with it doesn't impact or it produces something that basically like with our patch because it's biodegradable and it's compostable bamboo once you're finished with it or if you're out hiking and it falls off your arm you haven't got to I could fucking eat that thing and it'll be all right. (laughs) You would. (laughs) (laughs) You dirty bastard. (laughs) It's kind of like sustainable sex play. (laughs) But effectively, it's like, what do you do? How do you you make something that you you know that the the end result isn't going to impact anything? So, Mm. and I think a lot of brands don't think about that. Um, So, in my mindset is 
really being conscious of that space. I mean, it's a very, very difficult one to control all the time, but yes. we can definitely make a conscious decision to to always work on that on that modelling of the business. It's and it's uh, I, I give you high revolutionary fists in the sky <laughs> because you're out there on the front on the front line making sustainable new sustainable systems within product production yep. and making it sexy and fun you know like yep. I, I think like if anyone looks at patch it's a rad product yeah, it just looks so. cool like thank you i'd want to put it on my face just as a fashion accessory because yeah. <laughs> it, it's it's just got a good feeling it feels good and i think like you said i think focusing on the feel good is is that your main way to make these products engage with people is is what what are the what are the constructs of how you because obviously just to break down the intelligence that you have to have in order to go right i've got a good idea that will make the world better now i've got to bring it to people and make them actually care about it there's a lot of things you have to juggle and consider right and to me it's like ah, overwhelming yeah look i mean the the, you could see me smiling when you were talking about how, how how it made you feel that's ultimately my drive if I make a product that people enjoy using, um, and you know, you, it's like everything—you're going to have lovers and haters. Mm, but mm. effectively, what we're finding at the moment, the momentum that we're having is that it's—it's it's a little tiny piece of fabric that protects a protects a wound that you've had. It, the feedback we're getting from the consumer and the customers is, is simply the fact that it, it's healing fast and it works, and there's no scarrings and issues like that. That, to me, that's. I know, I know what I say is patches are like a little badge of honour mm. is what I put up, but that's a part of our strategy and we live life to the fullest and we get out and live and breathe and fall over and scratch ourselves. And what we're trying to do is not in, it, that's just the byproduct of what's happened from patch. We want people to get out and live life and not be afraid of getting a cut or a scratch or, mm. you, know, you know, living life. It reminds me of that Japanese philosophy that they've got this thing where they break a plate and they, they, they put it back together and paint it with gold to stick it back together. And so it's kind of like highlight in the fracture or highlight in the, the crack in life. Yep. And I, I love that philosophy of you know like the, the wounds is what makes us stronger there's, there's beauty in the wounds yeah look I mean it, yeah, I, 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 love, I love that analogy um, it's it's pretty much almost a bit like are you even, crying James? oh in a little bit because it's, it's quite emotional but um, you know there's a there's a deep line b- between like that crack in life I've you know I've had my cracks um, and uh, you know I I uh, I uh, was working in the fa- my family business for many years, and and um, uh, there was a change and shift of the of the business, and I was sort of left off off to the side of that. And I had one choice: I could either dwell on it or do something else. And at the time, it was it was sitting, you know, it's it's a it's a pretty emotional part for me as far as where it was and being in a family business and then all of a sudden they don't want you in that business um, mm. uh, on because it was a different mindset of the way they wanted to take the journey and that was a that was an emotional part for me um, mm. but at that time I had that time out and if look if my son Charlie hadn't have fallen over and actually cut himself on his stomach and then had that re- it just things happen in a really weird funky way it's it basically it's a journey without that crack I wouldn't have had this point. That, you know, if you've got to look at the respect of, you know, what's happened in the last two years since we've developed Patch and where it's gone from kitchen bench to full production to hitting the shelves oh. only in October last year, which is just Dude. over 12 months. 
and now we're in 25 countries. We've got people writing into us every day, and I'm talking they're writing into us with blocks of content. It's taking these people five to 15 minutes to, to put together these thank yous. And it's, it's, it's amazing. Like, we've got a, a kid that's over in America right now, um, AJ, who's dying of cancer, and uh, he can't wear adhesives on his skin because of all the, all the chemo and everything else he's going through. And we've kept up to date with him, and we've, you know, we've followed him on his journey, and we're helping. You know, we, we sent a whole lot of stuff over to him in the beginning. It's a little thing, mm. but he's, like, mm. the feedback and the, and the, from the mother and everything else is just awesome. We've dropped stock into Haiti. We've supported kids in Haiti with the schools through a very close friend of mine, Phil Lay, and Retail Global, um, and supported his charity operations with that. We've supported um, young veterans with East Timor. We've got products going over to the, to the front line over in Iraq with uh, special operations. It's like, it's wicked. It's, you, you can't, the journey that we've created, the, the, the energy we're creating with this, is, it's just taking it to another level. So without that crack in the road for me, I wouldn't be here. Amazing. So you've got to look at those cracks in, and, and seriously, there's a big thing to learn from that is that the cracks are what, they're, they're your lessons. They're the ones that teach you how to grow and how to, they're not the negative side of life. They're actually the positives that you, you, you stem out of it. Mm. So I look at it at a, if I fall over, I look at that as, oh, shit, I'm not going to do that again. Mm. You know, I, I, it's a mark in my mind of how I, how I got to that point and what happened mm. rather than thinking about, oh, shit. I fell over. Oh, fuck. I can't do this. Oh, no, I'm not right. Oh, ow, ow, you know. I'll I'll think about, okay, well, shit, how did I do it? I'll just rewind the clock a little bit. It's almost, in a way, a bit of meditation, like like a bit of meditation. Like, sort of, you Mm. stop, you switch off, disconnect, and then get back into it. So, it gives you that process to help move forward. But I've had, you know, I've had an awesome life with with, um, everything I've done thus far, and and then it was a big rock that I fell over mm. with uh, with what happened. But it was about, for me, keeping the family together mm. and making the choice that, okay, if the family wants to stay together, then maybe I've got to bow down and move out of this situation. Uh, without doing that, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing now. And, you know, Dude, it's wicked. It's really fucking gets you right in the eye, that, that, mm. that story. Because it's, for me, I've had a similar story in a different way. But, like, that, that, that thing, reframing... These trips yep. is a is a super empowering sh- thing that we need to normal people need to know, know about, you yeah. know. Yeah. Because it, it, if you as soon as you realise that your trip or your fallover or the crack is the very thing, the very 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 thing that is going to allow you to expand, grow, go in a new dire- mm. in a new greater direction. They're not trips. They're, they're not trips anymore. No. They're not cracks. They're no. actually holy fuck! I've been blessed of an opportunity. Yeah. And it, that's not wild to say. That's actually the truth of what it it is at its greatest potential. Yeah. Because at the at the poorest potential it is those things as well of like feeling shitty, feeling victimy. Mm. Um, it it will even make you or break you. I mean, this, these philosophies are old, aren't they? Nothing. No, but it's no harm in rehashing them. They they're um, uh, they work in a way that you know you hear a lot of people talking about the method of life and method of business and everything else. My best MBA I've ever, you know, I could ever do in my life was when I actually, I wound the company down. I had went through the whole process of 
what's involved legally, accounting-wise, everything else that went through. I, and I held my head up high and I paid out everything out of the business to hold my head up high. Mm. I didn't have to do that. I could have fallen in a heap and gone, oh, shit. Did you feel, uh, and you would have felt like that? You I felt, felt like, of yeah. course I felt like that. Yeah. But um, my drive was to basically um, to get out of that situation. Um, I'm sort of one of those guys that, you give me a, you give me a bone, I won't I won't stop chewing on it. Like mm. literally, I've got to get. That's my target. That's my goal. Um, mm, mm. Even though I don't make that that, that much these days, mm. but it's. Um, well, I mean, you've clearly expanded massively in the last couple of years. Every time I catch up with you. Yeah, well, it's it's. I mean, and it's it's really trying to harness that. My, for me, it's all about the culture now with what we do and how where we go. Um, we've. I mean, we started started in the uh, in the kitchen bench and in the garage at, at home in Mount Eliza. Um, we've now got 39 people working globally on NutriCare. If you put the factories into play, there's 450 people globally working on our products. So it's like, that's happened in three years, man. Um, and we've only been literally on the shelf for the last since, or the, pretty much the, the, the main bulk of the global reach has only happened since August, September last year. So it's phenomenal. It's and amazing. I think if we can... Um, have a path of success for everybody that's involved with it and share that road with everybody that's involved with it it doesn't matter what we do what do you uh, with your vision what's your what the biggest boundaries or red tapes around limiting the uh, implementation of your vision um the probably the boundaries that we have are um fucking government I bet <laughs> I wouldn't say the government, government I'd say more yes <laughs> In a way, I was about to say the, re- the making sure that you know we're 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 in a space whereby we, I mean, perfect scenario. Patch is using certified organic components. We're making it with all the right componentry. We're making it in the right format with the no child labour and all the right support. We've got everything documented, hmm. but there's no category for us to be certified organic. Right. So there's no first aid category. So my my thing is lobbying to try and get certified organic in the wound care category, which to date there's nothing there. So there's ointments and things like that, but because we're a medical device, there's no category in the wound care category for to be certified. Mm. So it's that's the challenge of 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 breaking the mold. We're we're going into so many different categories as we expand. We've got um, wicked R and D going on right now, and products that are coming out into research and development for anyone non-business yeah, non-biz, people yeah. out there. So, um, but we've got some just simple mindset retakes on common products that minimise all the crap out of it, you know, and taking taking it back to basics. Um, and as we build, um, as, as, you, as you pipe, as you shisha. <laughs> so we're in a park for we're anyone listening. That's why you hear train every once in a while and birds and kids running around. <laughs> um, yeah, so the the thing for me is it's, it's literally, the challenge is that. It's, it's trying to trying to lobby where we need to lobby and and bring out products that can disrupt the categories Um, think quick on the feet we're going to be an agile company keeping it sharp and smart and Mm. fun Mm. um, and rewarding it's you know you've if you think about your staff that come into your work and into your workplace on a daily basis they're spending more time with you than what they do with their family these days because mm. if, if they're passionate they're supportive about what we're doing as a vision which i've got very very i'm very very lucky that i have got people around me like that um they're devoted right so they're they're with us from you know 
eight to ten hours a day just because they want to be there because they, they want to get to that next point. Mm. So you've got to reward that person and that energy behind where you're going because without them, you're just a, a guy running around going, hey, I've got a, band, you know, I've got a patch <laughs> or I won't bandage or whatever you want to put on the, yeah. on the people. It doesn't doesn't install that confidence to the consumer as well, and then you won't get sales, and it, mm-hmm. the ripple effect happens. So, mm-hmm. for me, it's about yeah, it's all about culture and how we build the brand and and globally strong as well. So we make, we want the right foundations to move forward. Because you just started moving to America, right? Yeah, so I'm, I'm uh, basing over in America in from January next year. Um, we've just uh, it's funny how things happen. I've I've, I've met up with a, a an old friend of mine. Uh, who I've known for 20 plus years, uh, who's living in New York now. He's taken products into America, he knows the American landscape. And um, uh, funnily enough, we just caught up in, in New York on the last trip when I was over there and uh, he showed interest in what we were doing and push comes to shove and now he's now we've just appointed him as the VP for the, for the US operation. So it's like wicked. I've got some really cool people, you know, people that we can trust as we're growing. Mm. So I'm going to go over there and support him in, in America for a, a, a bit of a term next year and build, you know, obviously, educate the market in America. Europe's gone absolutely crazy for the product. Um, we went just got back from Europe with a pharmaceutical, a pharmaceutical expo over there in Sweden and Munich. And uh, I won't say how many people were waiting in a line pretty much on the stand every day, but it was pretty out of control. Let's just say it was plus 10,000. <laughs> well, if you think about uh, anyone in Melbourne who knows knows where we are and what the size of Jeff Shed is, there was basically six halls the size of Jeff Shed. Incredible. And we had a little little stand off. It was basically in the in the side run of the of the Wedged show. In. Yeah. And there was probably 20 to 50 people lined up wanting to wanting to find out what the product how they how they can get the product and what that was. And they were doctors and pharmacists and medical space they're not the public great and they they just love what we're doing so Man, amazing um it's really wicked it's so it's so thrilling to see it just resonate and it just goes to show that you kind of you're meeting people at the expanding state of their awareness of how we can make the world a better place yeah and you're providing them with a solution it's like when you get it's like the other my mate the guy that runs my vote yep yeah, i'm so fucking thrilled someone's thinking of a system of democracy that's actually works yep awesome like you get it, it, so thrilled it, when you see people doing. When you when you're living in the when you when you're living when we are now, in the state we are now, whereby we're on a mobile phone all the time, why hasn't my vote been put into play before? You know, it's such a wicked concept, and it's like it, it, when it comes to fruition, it's it's an amazing, powerful tool. The problem is with that tool is that if it gets in the wrong hands, and the person that's untrusted that's running it. That's when the that's when the cracks break, even to the top levels of the big, big five, you know, uh, auditing firms. You've got to worry about the the level of trust of who's doing what. So, um, if they do, if, mm. if my vote gets to that stage, and I, I really hope it does, because it's, you know, you wouldn't trust the government if you if you if you went and voted on it, mm. but you would trust it if it was re- if it was regulated or. The problem is there's there's fours and against for each one each one of these firms. So whether or not you do a collaboration, and if they're all going to audit the audit, audit the same data mm. to get honest and truth out, mm-hmm. that'd be the best way. But it's I, I love the concept of that. I reckon mm-hmm. it's a, I reckon mm-hmm. it's a great tool. Mm. What what other areas that are you excited about pushing into that you're allowed to talk about now in terms of other products? Because I know you've talked about a few different things to me. Yeah, um, we've uh, we've been we're still working down the path of. Uh, 
working with non-plastic solutions um, into um, uh, into componentry like uh, packaging uh, and using tapioca-based products um, to format. Um, uh, I probably can't say too much, but there's some formatting of of general consumer type products yeah. that would be literally you could buy it. It feels like plastic. You use it like plastic, and you can bury it in the garden. Right, and what was it? Tapioca. What's that? Tapioca. Tapioca. So tapioca is a um, a starch. It's uh, like you, your tapioca pills. Oh yeah. yeah. So they basically produce a, a film out of that, and it's uh, and we're working with injection molding in that space. Right. Um, we're looking at the packaging. We're looking at the componentry about what we put into the products, um, and just disrupting generally the, the landscape. Listening to what the consumer wants rather than what the the retailer in, in a way we've got a bit, we've got to have that balance mm. um, but if we're producing good quality products that work and they do what they say and they've got that that nice flow and effect back to the environment back to the consumer that's what NutriCare is all about it's about mm. caring for the consumer and caring for the environment how do you farm those kind of ultimately with like tapioca <laughs> how do you, how do, you yeah. how do you farm that sustainably um, it's 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 very very easy to farm. It's, it's yeah. you know there's multiple uh, there's it's, it's probably more so um, it's more in abundance to be honest. It, mm. It's grown in regions like India and those sort of markets. Um, mm. It's a real hot climate type um, uh, growth, mm. um, but it's ultimately once again it's what's been done with it after that. Um, a lot of the you can see there there's a I'm not plastic bag at the moment over in um, over in Bali. Um, and there's bags, there's products like that. That's basically from a tapioca starch. Mm. The problem with a lot of the componentry that comes out of that space in Indonesia and those areas is it still use they still use palm oil. Right. So palm oil is pretty much like the byproduct of farming, but it's a dirty, dirty, dirty space. Yeah, so yeah. you can buy organic and certified and or basically sustainably sourced palm oil, but unfortunately, you don't, once it's ended up in a barrel. Who's saying you know it's up to the trust of you to the to the supplier? Unless you're watching that process, I guarantee you, nine times out of ten, even the organic certified componentry, they're probably growing crops right next to crops that are being sprayed, mm. and you're getting the flowing effect from it. You're getting mm. the water washed down, and right. that's where we're talking about with the beyond organic movement that's happening now. From I've just been put onto the um, climate ca- uh, collaborative over in America, and also to the Sustainability Council of America. Um, and the two things that they're working with very heavily right now is beyond organics. So beyond that farming, it's looking at the soil turn and how do we, you know, how do we do things better and how do we do things that does an impact. Mm. Um, so you just don't know. You've got to trust your source. And mm. unfortunately, there's a there's a couple of the big groups out there that you sort of, you know, and that's what we're trying to do is we're going to move in and disrupt that space. Yeah, man. I mean, like when I was in the States recently, I had a banana that was organic and then a banana that's not non-organic and they tasted identical. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, and, and in Australia, you can really taste the difference between a lot, like yep. avocados particularly when they're organic. How did you find the, uh, the fruit in California? Oh, <clears throat> uh, sugary? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, really sweet. Yeah. yeah it's, um, so the Californian side of things, I mean, they're... I, I always look at these, uh, the, the videos that you see like with... Um, uh, detrimental impact on environment or farming and and what's going on with crop dust all this sort of stuff that's all over the web these days everybody sees it and, and reads it and gets shocked by everything every now and then with um uh inhumane ways of doing things but um i've always said it's only in america in my mind 
and then you look at other markets like in Europe and you and you look how things are used and grown. I'm very fortunate to have a um, uh, a very very supportive uh, person advising us on our board that he was basically um, bringing organic food into retail grocery back in the 70s and mate, you can imagine the journey he had um, mm. dealing with a pear that looks like an orange or a, or, a, or a strawberry that looks like a grapefruit you know like with a, with a nose on it like it's it's all of that sort of thing you think about my journey's only been paved because what he's done to get it to this point. So cool. um, you look at the fruits and the foods, it's, how, how do you know whether or not there's been... You just don't know. Mm-hmm. It's, tr- it's the trust of the source. Mm. So it's, it's a real hard one. And I think, I think farmers are copying it a lot at the moment. I think, I think the, whole, the whole focus around um, the organic space is it's, it's over-regulated in a way. Um, the fact that I can't get a certified organic componentry product certified organic pisses me off um and it's only because if i pay money i'll be able to get it done mm. uh, but it's still we'll still pay we'll, we'll pay the money to get the stamp but there's no category so why won't you open a category i know because if we do that there's not enough demand for it so they're not going to make enough money out of that certification for us to get, to have it which pisses me off right. so it's really the trust of the source, and we'll keep on lobbying that space as hard as we can mm. to um, to build that up. And that'll come from support from government, and I'm probably back on backlashing where you're going back before. But mm. it'll happen with the USDA um, and those markets when we hit the American market. Um, but it's it's one very frustrating part of the business at the moment. It's how do we, and that's where I'm sort of taking things that uh, I've had back from Don is about how do we take it to. How do we push the envelope a little bit and get the approval that we can do to, to, to sell the products of what they are? How, what's a good way for people out there when buying products to have a good gauge on if a thing is, a product is somewhat greenwashed with like a corporation that's, you know, like saying it's all these amazing sustainable things when in actual fact it's not? Uh, in the respect of what you look on the landscape, I, I still believe that if you want organic food, drive to a farm pick it yourself you know it's one of the reasons why I moved down to Mount Eliza with the families to get away from the city and mm. and we've got farms at the backyard we're, we're fortunate enough to have farms in the backyard to actually do that but there's so many cool farmers markets and farmer drops and and um, mm-hmm. supply that you can actually get outside of the mainstream I think mainstream you just got to unfortunately they're so heavily regulated you've got to sort of trust them in a way um, what I don't like is you see the, all the organic food is all, all the, almost every supermarket is wrapped in plastic. Mm. Like why you've got why is why aren't all the other foods wrapped in plastic and the organic food aren't wrapped in plastic? Mm. Why? Because it costs. Why? Because you know it's more more waste. But why do they still need to do it that format? Surely there's enough space to think about better ways to do that segment of the supermarket mm. and. and if the more we think about the more brands like patch come along and we're a little brand in a in a big space like we're like a little mm. drop in the ocean for for a, for a retail chain but mm. the category is massive um this disruption around that category that we can actually make in, in the way that we don't want to go in there and compete i want to go in there and lift so i want to go in there as basically a supporting product to what's already there to help lift the category up so if I look at if I take that approach and take that non-competing, 
everybody's going to buy other products, but basically if we can lift a category by fixing a problem or lift a category because the energy and the, and the product's good and lift a category because we've got a good meaning behind the product and people like it or lift a category because it looks shit hot on the shelf, mm. that's what I want to do. I don't want to go in there and go, oh, we're better than them and you don't need to use that product because we do this better and they're all doing that. They're caught up in their own little cycle of... You know their mindsets about oh we're better than them we're better than them we're mm, better than them. Mm. so it's a, basically it's a tennis match going on there while they're doing that we're going in there and going right here's a fresh approach this is what it does and here's the people we can bring in to help you as a retail that's and that's the approach that I'll take every time it's it's a lot it's a lot more ethical it's a lot of, a lot more fun mm. um, and it's a lot more fun hearing people like yourself or you know, customers coming back to me saying that was like I love the product and da 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 da. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, it's just amazing. Like the, the level of people that are supportive to what we're doing right now. I don't think any of those bigger groups could actually get that someone mm. to write a letter in to say mm. thank you so much. Mm. It doesn't happen. It's just it's something that they have to do. That they have to buy it to use it. But they don't. They've got that no emotional connection to yeah, the product. Yeah. That's what we've got right now, and that's where we're we're harnessing that to build it out. So, ultimately, I'd love to lobby into areas of, of change in in supermarket. I've got an idea for the organic space tomorrow that it would be a very easy one for them to implement. Mm-hmm. And the more we deal with them, the more we talk to them, the more we engage with them. You know, there's a bit of pushback, but the buyers are totally different to the environmental structural person that's yeah. behind the supermarket too. So we want to work with them. We want to make sure that we can actually make a change because the more I can change it, even the, even looking at a product like Macro Foods, yeah, it's all, it's, fan, like it's fantastic. They've taken organic commercial and they've got a big, but they're doing still doing things wrong with that product mm-hmm. you know, in that space. There's other ways you can do things that can minimise your packaging waste, that can minimise the impact of the environment, they can change the way that we perceive a product. So, say for example, you walk into a, in a um, you're walking down the street, why do we have shop windows? So robbers don't steal the stuff. Is it because of that, or is it to say you can actually engage with the product that's there? And that why do they dress shop windows? Fuck, I grew up in East London, so everything's like stab, stab, nick, nick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like, why do we have shop windows? Why do we dress up a shop window for someone to walk past? It's, it's enticing. Yeah, it's it's yeah. that emotional connection you get to say, I want to look like that, or mm. I want to buy those runners, or whatever it is that actually that sparks that emotion for you to buy. So. If we can take take the mentality of thinking about that shop window out of play and just saying organic apples in a brown box, mm-hmm. would you buy it? Yeah. So I mean, I would. I haven't gone to Coles or Woolworths in about two years because I because all the food tastes the same. Yeah. Like it just tastes like mush in my mouth. It doesn't taste <laughs> any flavour. So I'm over that shit. Like farmers market, Terra Madre, yeah. all that stuff. Yeah. But if if you look around the world at the moment, what countries, what people, what what's when do you reckon this boom? Because everyone's obviously expanding their state of awareness, being more conscious. Like the middle, particularly the middle class, I guess, is like had all their needs met, needs met, and so they're looking for meaning now, looking for purpose, looking for more intelligent solutions that will ha- uplift everyone else, help everyone else. I, th- I think. I think. Look, I think the big problems that we've got in the world, as far as the environmental and the and the rubbish and the and the, the byproduct of bags getting washed in the water and all this sort of stuff, it doesn't come from here. We're a bunch of lazy slobs here. Yes. In America, we're, in Americans are a bunch of lazy slobs. Everything comes in packets. But they're making a conscious decision about change, and you do notice that when you're over there. 
Um, the homelessness is the biggest problem in America at the moment, mm. and, and you would have witnessed that recently as well. But the biggest problem here in Australia, we're not the ones. We're not the ones causing the problems with bags in the water. We're just a bunch of lazy slobs who don't use the bin. The biggest problems are the uneducated markets, like Indonesia. I'm not naming names, but Indonesia and Haiti, and these markets, whereby if you look at what's disposed of, mm. if you go to Indonesia, you go anywhere in Indonesia, you order a, uh, a bottle of water, plastic. Mm. You order, a, a, you get up, you buy a pen, plastic. Mm. Everything's got plastic. Everything want they just it's their nature. It's their it's a cultural thing. Right? Yeah. It's their mentality that they need to help you carry that product or what you're buying. Mm. Mm. So the education's got to start back there. Not worrying about what's actually we've got to clean the water up. We're going to clean that environment up. Mm. But it's not coming from. You don't see bag loads of trash running out of the waterways. I mean, you do sometimes in the Yarra. You see bikes getting thrown in there, which I think's fucking disgusting. I think these smart asses that are running around throwing these bikes, the bikes are being brought in for people to use. I do. You know, do you know how many kids are sitting over in, in Ethiopia and, and at South Africa who've got what nothing? What the fuck U, is Uganda. wrong with Melbourne kids? And, and mate, it's like I've, I've got a... Um, well, Phil, Phil uh, Lay, who I mentioned before from Retail Global, is also involved with uh, a charity whereby they send bikes in containers with Ebony Butler and they, they basically break the bikes down and they send them over to underprivileged children in, in regions around the world and it's another thing I'm pretty certain it's called Bike for, Bikes for Life um, she's awesome man it's like uh, it, it's like and, I, and then you and then you drive past and you see 15 bikes in the Yarra River or, but it's not just here it's in China they're doing right. it in China they're throwing them up on top of things and uh, in America, they've got those those lime scooters How good, and birds. They're like electric scooters. Yeah, the birds. Yeah, yeah. have you seen sick. what they're doing? Dude, with them? I love them. Yeah, but do you see what they're doing in America? They're trashing them a little they're bit. Trashing them, but not if they were put in Melbourne. I guarantee they'd like the company would have like crashed straight away. I still don't know how the company makes money. The way they they're worth like three, like a few billion now, aren't they? Oh, but it's, it's like, and they're only over there. It's like, but electric scooters. That's a, it's a wicked solution. For, for me, it's like it's just. What is it like? This privileged, entitled cunts. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're, what? Excuse my language. There's some kids in the park. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but there's, but it, it makes me cross because it's it's just this, and it's and it contributes to this narrow mind of not taking responsibility for what it is to be a human being. No. Like and there's people in the world that need these things, and these smart asses are bloody running around trashing them. It's like. I, you know, yeah, it's you, gross. It's actually, it's actually beyond gross. It's like you look at the level of what was happening with these bikes and things around the world. And it, I, I was literally in China a few months back. The same thing was happening there. It's like, who is, who are you? Why are you doing it? And if you want to do that type of thing, like, just chop your own arm off and throw that in the river. It just doesn't make any sense. Like, it's so it, from that perspective, there's so much waste that's going on. Companies are trying to make money, so they're coming up with new concepts. And then you get a smart ass, one or two smart asses that come along and 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 think they're being cool and doing something radical with it, but it's you know it's just sheer waste. And you think about cost of footprint to make that product environmentally. Okay, so they've got metal involved, you've got carbon, you've got coal, you've got all these other elements that have made got the product to be a bike, which is used up consumption on energy, and it's also used up toxic waste in the air and everything else that's been produced rubber and everything else has been mm. produced on that level and then you've got these fuckers going around trashing the joint when they should be res- like it's literally there's no res- it's just what no, is that it's where, where's the break is it their lack know. of education is it the 
I think I think it's because it. I'm a bit over Australia without to, to, not hating on it too much, but compared to the, there's places in the world where like particularly California is so progressive in their thinking so many intelligent people doing intelligent sounds like you're coming over with us uh, yeah I want to <laughs> <laughs> and then I come back to Melbourne and there's just the wall and like conservative like everyone's so conservative in their thinking here mm. and no wonder we're not like well, the big, what I find the culture difference between here and America is the fact that in America everyone wants to see you do well everyone's about hey man well done you know everyone gives you that Everyone's boosting each other's confidence unintentionally, mm. but that's the that's the culture of America. Mm. Um, you get some haters, but you get some real ones there. Like if you get a if you got a really cool idea and you're going to market, everyone's like hey hey. Everyone wants to basically get you going. Yeah. Whereas every here, if you if you've got an idea, they go. Oh, there's always that. Mm, do you reckon it will work there? Yeah. There's never that mindset to go. Fuck, that's going to go really well. Yeah, which and that's is such a shame. You know, it's the same thing in Europe, same thing in America, and same thing in Asia. Everything's just progressive. It, it, they're embracive, you know. And over here, it's more that you're exactly breaking back that conservative model. That it's that mindset of going, oh, oh, do you, oh, do you reckon? Oh, no, do you reckon? Because all they're really doing, all they're really doing, if you had to put it down another way, is they're just celebrating their own the fact that they don't want to take a risk. <laughs> Or, in the, or, in the, themselves. or the fact that they haven't got the balls to go and do it, you know. Basically, it's mm. uh, but they they don't want to say that, you know. It's an insecure thing. Mm. Um, <laughs> gotta love it. Love it. That's the best. <laughs> um, but you know, it's, I, I think it, it stems down to an insecurity rather than anything else. Because mm. if you if you think about the world's not a big place, but mm. like the world's literally the like, like in the last. Since July last year, I've travelled 240,000 kilometres, which wow. is you know, to the moon and back. Or if, you, all around, if, you, <laughs> if you go around the world, it's, you know, we're 40,000. I think it's the world's about 40,000 kilometres around the world. Mm. So it's not a big place. Mm. It's not that hard to tap a market. It's not that hard to get involved with a region. It's how you embrace the culture. Every market that you go to, if you've got that cultural embracement, you learn the culture and give them the respect of what you've... You might know everything, but you know at least the way they want to work and the way they want to think. Mm. And that gets installed from my business partner with Zach as well. His, his knowledge of, of culture is fantastic. And that, mm. that stems down to how do you deal with the Chinese? How do you deal with India? How do you deal with Europe? How do you deal with, you know, the Germans are different from the Italians that are different. You know, so mm. it's, it's all about if you, if you can put a little bit of emphasis about, and that's really how I built my, my distribution up now and how, how quickly we've done it is because we, we know who we want we know how to find them, and we know how to almost talk to them in there in the right language. So, if everything the product's singing on its product's a product, right? So the product's hot and everyone loves it, but it's how you deliver that and supply that to them as well. Mm, so for mm. me, um, it's it's change isn't that hard to do. No. It's just there's a lot of activists out there, which I'm not a big fan of. I don't like the fact that they go out there in a hatred mode. Um, like Sea Shepherd with us, with, with what we... I mean, I, I hate to sort of align those two things together. <laughs> but uh, with Sea Shepherd, I was embraced by Sea Shepherd because we went... I simply called them up off the phone, went down to their office and said, hey, I've got something which is bamboo. It'll break down in the water. Um, and it's a wound care product. Do you have them on your ships? Next year, you know, they want us on all the fleets and they're getting off all the other products off their ships. <laughs> and now we're supportive of them moving forward to... To make you know, I, I want to. I, I like the fact of people 
supporting each other. Mm. I don't like the people that are running around going, I hate this, I hate that, mm. or your hatred. You know, the well, it's hate, not productive. Hate's not productive at all. You know, what are you going to do with hate? Oh, you, 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 there's nothing there to evolve where we, where we want to go as yeah. a as, as a it's human race. It's step one of of evolution, but it's stage one. You know, like yeah. if you want to go to stage two and actually do something significant mm. and and heal the broken systems. We're not we're not ex- we're not, we're not the godsend, we're not the experts. I um, know oh, we are. <laughs> <laughs> we're at least stage 3. <laughs> well you are. Yeah. Uh, but it's like, you know, why bother why run around hating things when you actually go and embrace it and actually turn something from love into some, something that's giving back love as well. And that's I know it sounds a bit mythical around a product, but that's ultimately what we're trying to do with Patch. It's we've created a product out of I could have created it out of hate of another product, and had a whole tangent about I'm never going to use X Y Z brand ever again, and this is why X Y Z brand's crap. But it's not about that for me. It was like this is a problem. It mightn't have been the product. It might have been componentry. It might have been this. I've tried other products on him, mm. and it didn't work. Mm. But I haven't created a product out of hate. I've created a product out of a need, and the need is now turning into a, a reciprocal love relationship now that we're having with consumers and and uh, the product being on the shelf and and the people talking about it is coming. That's all the that's the energy coming back to us. Mm. So from that energy, it's driving the team to take it to the next stage. Great. And and for us, it's you know we don't make a charitable donation from what you buy of my product. So I don't want to hold you. I'll use the words of a friend of mine here, but I don't want to hold a charity. You can say to, it was me. <laughs> I don't want to hold a charity to ransom, right? And it's exactly what she 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 drummed into me. Why do you want to ch- hold a charity at ransom for someone to buy your product? So if you buy my product, I'll donate one dollar to this charity. Why do I want to make you feel bad in that way of buying my product? You might feel good that you've donated money to the charity, right? But I've made you have to do that. I've forced my product into your hands. Mm. So what we want to do with, with NutriCare and Patch as we grow and, and other products that we've got is just support growth by basically doing a drop. So there's an earthquake in Samoa or wherever, in, wherever around the world. Yeah. We'll just air freight stock in and help the kids. Mm. Mm. We'll, uh, there's a, a fire in California. Um, we'll just air freight stock in and help, help the people after mm. the, uh, the fire. Mm. You know, the, the little things that you can do along the way are a lot more powerful on a charitable level behind Patch and what we're going to do with moving forward. We're a wound care product, so we need to be at disaster zones. We need to be, it might be just like a little thing, but we're building out bigger products and bigger formats. Um, but it's that sort of level of help. If people know that we do that proactively as a brand in the background, I don't need to basically say, you give me a dollar for every product. You, you know, I was going to take a dollar out of every product and give it to... Mm. A charity, which is going to use eighty-five percent of that dollar mm. in their management fees, and then give a fifteenth mm. back to the the charity in question. Yeah. You can't measure that. You don't even know will I give them a dollar. Yeah. yeah. So that's what's happening at the moment. The greenwashing factor is coming from the charity angle, as well as being what's in the product. So there's a whole lot of things there that I don't like in that space, and they're the things that we're going to be making change with. Lovely. Love it. I love the sophisticated nature of it mm. and, and the creativity <laughs> of it. It's well, you've got to think like that. If you, if, you don't, if you don't think creatively these days, what are we? Stupid idiots that throw O-bikes in the river. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's exactly right. <laughs> Man, James, thank you so much for thank sharing you. your story so openly, thank fearlessly. You. 
and beautifully i really I so. it, it re enthused my enthusiasm for like what it is that you're doing and i've I've, you. I've really loved since we've met and and watching how you've expanded like mm. you're just like a fucking bulldog yeah. rah, 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 rah. Shh, yeah. just again just straight 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 and it, it's on such a mission that is really supporting the best in everyone that's what i love about it you're Thank like you. a real innovator for uplifting everyone's bestness <laughs> <You know>? well, <laughs> all, all we can do is try yeah. so if we, we install that and we can then try that with uh, where we go and what we do and you know where we end up um, in a park talking to Jez <laughs> um, that's ultimately what we want to do so that's yeah. awesome Th- thanks you, for your time man it's we, we can pleasure and by the way you've just reached the pinnacle of your feel goodness in this park talking yeah. to me Send. I have <laughs> I've hit I've hit the top of the tree now that's it no more, no more looking back <laughs> thanks bro thanks man thank you